we'll have a word of prayer if you're able, and uh, then we'll continue. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for the assembly of your people. Thank you, Father, for the things that you have already brought to our hearts to consider. And uh, thank you for our governments. Lord, we pray that as your people, we would have a good testimony of relating to them as best as possible. Lord, we know there are those times and moments when uh, things of faith are evaluated and and uh, we recognize that there may be times and moments where uh, we actually need to meet as a church because we feel we should rather than uh, not meet because of government's mandates and those kind of things. We, we recognize uh, there are those things that enter in, but Father, we want to be challenged in our attitudes and in our obedience uh, to the governments. Thank you. Thank you for them. Bless them in their places of responsibility and the nation as it continues to uh, focus on the upcoming election. We ask again, Father, guide all those things. Be uh, as a scripture that was quoted this morning. You put men up in place and you take men down. We we ask you, Father, to continue uh, to be Lord over all, to put in in place those whom you have called for that season. And uh, yeah, may your will be done in this country and in, and in all the uh, countries of the world, Lord. There are people, there are uh, souls, there are needs, there are many, uh, many things going on in our world. But we pray that uh, that uh, the message of Christ and the message of hope could continue to reach out and uh, people could find, in hopeless situations, could find hope. So, Father, again, thank you this morning. Bless this hour. Again, ask for your spirit to guide my heart and my thoughts as I share from the scriptures today. Pray for each one here. Bless. Give ears of under, hearts of under, that understand and hearts that uh, uh, appreciate and love the truth, Lord. Give us that, we pray, and bless us in the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. You may be seated. So my title this morning is, Exercised Thereby. Exercised Thereby. there are several verses in Scripture that speak of being exercised. Uh, one of them is in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 10, where the writer says, I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised therewith. Uh, travail and exercise. Uh, difficulties and exercise. Being exercised therewith. There's uh, there's a, a two verses here in Hebrews. The the context is a little different than the one that we looked at there in Ecclesiastes. Is but it's, again the the word exercised is used. He says for every uh, Hebrews five thirteen fourteen. 
For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Uh, again, the word exercised. Uh, and in that case, it's, it's talking about... Uh, Basically, the, the scriptures and truth and it's, dif- it's differentiating between simple and easy to understand truths and hard to understand truths. And it's recognizing the fact that uh, it takes spiritual exercise to be able to properly dissect harder to understand truths. So exercise, just thinking about exercise. Um, that verse speaks of, of uh, maturity and discernment that comes from exercise. Exercise results something. Um, I like to I like you to turn to this scripture in Romans five. Romans five, reading. Verse 1 to 5, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And now that's, that's, that's some nice, uh, uh, encouraging verses there, you know, we're rejoicing in, in the hope of the glory of God, uh, it, it, just gives a, a kind of a pleasant picture of our faith. And then it goes on and says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And that the word exercise is not used there, but that is exercise. You know, uh, tribulations, working patience, and then patience experience. That is exercise. That's what's happening in those verses. Uh, you're being exercised. And the, as it is, uh, in the end, hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The, the exercise leads us into a, uh, a good place, if I may say it that way. It leads us into a fruitful place. It leads us into a, uh, a profit. In other words, the exercise is not a dead-end street. It's taking us somewhere. It's taking us to good places, uh, as it's given here in these verses. Tribulation, working patience, patience, experience, and experience hope. It's taking us somewhere. It's taking us to... The exercise is is a good exercise in working good things. Hebrews 12:11 uh this is the context of chastening now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous nevertheless afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And again just that's pretty simple to understand exercised you know the the situation that 
either felt like chastening or was chastening, if you were exercised by it, then it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And I am, I'm guessing you all have had those experiences in life where there was, there was a difficulty and it felt like chastening and it felt like God was chastening you. And after you got through it to the other side and you saw what God worked, it, it was a blessing. You could look back and realize it was a blessing. Uh, that's, that's what the picture that we get there being exercised. <clears throat> As we are exercised by difficulties and trials, it yields something. It, it should, anyhow. It should be yielding something. Uh, as we are exercised by difficulties and trials. Exercise results in development. And we develop as we exercise. You know, uh, and there's lots of different ways we could illustrate exercise. Uh, you know, we we all exercise in many different ways. Uh, Brother Earl, he is he's a, he's a truck driver. He drives truck in New York City. He is exercised and exercises every day that he's driving to drive a truck into New York City. Uh, I am not exercised at driving a truck, much less driving a truck into New York City. If I would try to do it, there would be disaster, uh, probably at every turn. Uh, but just to show you exercise, something that he has developed, he has worked at it, he has done it many times, and it has improved his ability and his skill in doing it. That's what exercise is all about. Um, you know, babies exercise. Uh, we, we're seeing that in grandchildren now. They, they come with very little ability, but they exercise. And they, they develop, and then they exercise some more, and they exercise some more. And, and uh, bit by bit, they pick up new developments because they are exercising. Being exercised thereby... I would like to encourage us this morning to be exercised uh, in, in our current uh, uh, situations that we are working through, to be exercised thereby. Several points I'd like us to think about. The first one is to exercise faith in God. And we'll turn to Isaiah. Uh, I actually, last message I... Read from, or I actually, the message was largely out of Isaiah chapter 40. And I'm going to go there again. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 15. And just uh, looking down across this a bit. Uh, again, thinking about exercising our faith in God. Being exercised in our faith toward God. And uh, I want to encourage us in that. We, we do need that. Uh, being exercised. Isaiah says it this way, Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as a small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very, uh, uh, very little thing. You know, the nations are as a drop of a bucket. You know, can you, uh, have you ever considered what, uh, what weight 
or responsibility would be on the shoulders of a president, just, you know, the president of the United States or some other country. And there's a lot of things. Uh, I mean, it's it's huge. There is a, all kinds of decisions that need to be made, all kinds of of uh, dilemmas to try to solve, all kinds of pressures that they are under. And yet, as God looks at all of that, from his perspective, these things on earth are as little as a drop in a bucket. You know, just trying to draw our minds in the comparison and thinking about God and his, his, uh, his greatness and his, uh, his, 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 he, he's overall, he's, uh, all nations, verse 17, all nations before him are as nothing and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. Uh, it's it's drawing a comparison and comparing God to everything as best as we can grasp this this globe and its inhabitants and its kingdoms and its and its accomplishments and whatever and it's comparing all of that and and saying that is just it's it's less than nothing in the presence of Almighty God um, that puts things in perspective, doesn't it? Uh, exercising faith in this God before whom all the nations are less than nothing. How small, how little, how uh, insignificant, really, even we are as people. And yet, that's not all that is here to be considered. You know, he goes on... um, Isaiah, as he's again talking about the greatness of God, verse 21, he says, Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing, He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. And verse 25, To whom then will ye liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Again, the the comparison. What are you going to compare God with? Uh, What even comes close? Verse 26, Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their hosts by number? He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for he, for that he is strong in power, and not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from God, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? Nor is there searching of his understanding. You know, he just keeps uh, putting it in front of us. You know, uh, the the greatness of God, and and uh, and in this case, in verse twenty-seven, O Jacob, why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my my way is hid from the Lord? You know, that can be looked at in two ways. It can be looked at in a moment where a person thinks they can do wrong and get by. Or it can be looked at in a moment where a person wonders, where is God in this situation? God mustn't see. And we see very clearly that 
nothing is hidden from God. Nothing is uh, uh, his greatness. His, his, his nothing misses his eye. Put it that way. Nothing misses his eye. <clears throat> and then he continues here. Verse 29. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Are you feeling faint today? Are you feeling like you have no might? He gives strength to the faint in Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. And that's giving a picture of, of, uh, you know, youth is considered the time of strength. Young men are considered to be strong. Uh, they're, They're going to fall. They're going to faint. But, 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's God's care for his people. That's God's care for for those who love him, for those who call upon him, for those who, as it says here, wait upon the Lord. So exercise faith in God. God is... He's a big God. He's in control. I'd like to turn to Psalm 91. I could read the whole psalm. I'm not sure if time... We'll allow, but we'll, we'll start here once. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. In Him will I trust. Uh, I'll just stop there. Uh, this is talking about a secret place. He that dwelleth in a secret place uh, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And again, just thinking about us and faith in God. You know, that, that secret place is a place where we dwell by faith. It's, it's a place where in our hearts we are able to find God to be our refuge. We are able to, to uh, rest our lives in God. He is my fortress. He is my refuge and my fortress. My, my God in Him will I trust. Uh, goes on there and talks about uh, deliver thee from the snare of the filer. Uh, cover thee with his feathers. Some of these are maybe a little more promises to an Old Testament nation, but they're promises to us also in his keeping care uh, of us. You know, no, nor the uh, the arrow, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that worketh, walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday, a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. You know, that's talking about calamities and it takes out a bunch and it doesn't touch you. That's not always the case. We know that. There are times when diseases hit and it takes out a bunch of people and it takes out some Christians. Uh, uh, we're not, I'm not looking at these things as, as uh, a thus saith the Lord to you and I today in, in our New Testament Christian life, but I'm looking at the, the care of God. 
for his people uh, and the place that he has made. It says in verse 8, Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. But thou, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. Uh, there shall no evil befall thee, neither any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Uh, dropping down, uh, verse 14, Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer. I will, de- I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Um uh, Again, just uh, going back to the the secret place, uh, dwelling in that secret place, uh, that is um, that is a place that God has for us. In fact, I, I want to I want to read one of the songs that's in our book, song number eight hundred. Says there, the title is "There is a place of quiet rest." There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. I will read the chorus at the end. There is a place of comfort sweet near to the heart of God. A place where we, our Savior, meet near to the heart of God. There is a place of full release near to the heart of God. A place where all is joy and peace. Near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. Hold us who wait before thee near to the heart of God. That, uh, that verse or that song expresses what we have here in Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. Uh, near to the heart of God. Uh, a place of quiet rest. A place of comfort sweet. A place of full release near to the heart of God. Exercising faith in God. I'd like to encourage us in that. Um, finding that place of quiet rest in our hearts and in our spirits. Finding that place of comfort sweet in our hearts and in our spirits. And finding that place of full release in our hearts and in our spirits, near to the heart of God. Exercising faith in God. And it is an exercise. Uh, It's not something that just happens. Sometimes it takes travail of soul to actually get there. But I'd like to put it out before our hearts. Exercising faith in God. And the things that trouble us. And the things that would weigh us down. To be able to find that place of full release. Where we are able to look into the face of God and know that he loves us and he cares for us. Every one of us. And that he, uh, and that we are, that, that we are safe in giving him our burdens and our cares. And finding that full release near to the heart of God. Exercising our faith in God. I'd like to encourage us in that. <clears throat> like to encourage us to, uh, second point, like to encourage us to exercise in prayer. 
I'm going to quote just a couple of verses here and then we'll turn to some others. Psalm 145, verse 18 and 19, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him, to all that call upon Him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He will also hear their cry and will save them. Uh, Just a beautiful encouragement in prayer. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him. Uh, No respecter of persons. All them that call upon him. Every one of us. We have that opportunity. We have that open door. We have that invitation. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Again, the invitation to come to God, to call upon him, to make, uh, to pray, and to seek his face. Uh, I'm going to turn to James 5. And read a few verses there. James 5, beginning in verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. In those verses, uh, we are told that the effectual, uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Um, so I want to encourage us to exercise in prayer. If the effectual fervent prayers avail much, then, uh, we are on a good, uh, we're on a good street if we're on the, on the, on the street of prayer and praying and seeking God and bringing our needs and our situations before Him. The scripture often, uh, relates uh, prayer and fasting together. There's a few verses that speak of that. Uh, Joel chapter 2 is one of them. Therefore, also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And in Daniel Daniel 9 verse 3, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fastings and sackcloth, and ashes. That was that was uh, Daniel's way of uh, seeking God earnestly: uh, prayer, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Now, in the New Testament, we're actually uh, exhorted to not disfigure our faces when we pray. Uh, but uh, anyhow, the the exercise in prayer, the fast, uh, fasting, and praying, and seeking God. Uh, that's a, that's a, uh, it's a, it's an opportunity. It's a, uh, it's something we all can do. I'd like to turn back to Luke 18 and invite you to turn there as well. I'm 
Luke 18, beginning in verse 1. And we'll read through verse 8. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying, there was a, in a city, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, though I, fear God, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry unto him day and ni- which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. This scripture, uh, God uses a, a natural illustration or a real life illustration to teach us about God and about prayer. Uh, uses a person coming to, uh, the uh, judge, uh, and Wanting to be avenged of an adversary. In other words, there was a problem in her life. And she wanted some help with the problem. And, uh, and, uh, Jesus uses that illustration to teach us about coming to God in prayer. And to, uh, be able to just come. Come unashamedly. Come, come, uh, frequently. Come earnestly. Come begging. Uh, and Jesus says then down at the very end there of that reading in verse 8, he says, Nevertheless, when, I, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? And uh, I would like to just allow our thoughts to be, uh, I guess, maybe provoked a little bit this morning. I think that would be the term. I'd like to uh, generate some thinking. Um, you know, we... We are, we're in a situation as a church that's, you know, it's not the easiest thing to work through difficulties. And, uh, we, we have all seen and heard the, uh, of these kind of situations. Uh, we've heard of of uh, disagreements that have arisen in churches over doctrine, over the right interpretation of doctrine, over truth and what is truth in a given circumstance, over what is uh, the proper scriptural responses and all those kind of things. We've, we've heard of those things. Uh, we may have even seen them. We may have even been a part of them um, in life and... Uh, and in church experience in in the years here, um, and and the situations, it's just giving you little scenarios. The situations then move from the issues to feelings and things that get said, and assumptions on motives, and hurts abound, and in the end there is a parting of ways. 
we've heard those things. We've probably seen them. They've been around and, and, uh, we've heard the stories of, of churches where those things have happened. You know, we've heard and seen those things and we may be tempted to think that we are destined to that end. And maybe in our hearts we are resigned to such an end that there's not more hope than that. I'm not sure where you're at. But I'd like to... Uh, I'd like to encourage us with uh, some words of Scripture here. Uh, Jesus said, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Turn with me uh, to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to begin reading in verse 11. It says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now these verses, uh, these verses communicate to us the heart of Christ for his church. That we, uh, and I'm going to zero in again on those last couple of verses, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head. Uh, growing up, uh, maturity, uh, exercising, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Um, and the, the earlier verse had said, till we all come in the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You know, these verses, this is the heart of our Lord Jesus for his church. That these things would happen, would be uh, happening. That is his heart for his church. Every person has a part, you know, the Christian, the one who's, who's uh, 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 professed the faith in Christ Jesus and has... Uh, has uh, uh, joined a church body. They have a part. They have a gift. They have, uh, they're, they're, they're in this verse, in these verses. They are a part. They're important. Every person. And this is the heart of Christ. And that is, and, uh, this is these verses to communicate to us the heart of Christ 
And this is what he, Christ, by his spirit, would like to do in this congregation. And has been doing. And wants to continue to do. This is the heart of Christ. Will I find faith on the earth? Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will I find... When the Son of Man looks upon us, does he find faith in our hearts that he is actually able to work uh, in and among us to fulfill these verses here in Ephesians in our midst? Or are we sitting in a, in a, in a, in a spot of unbelief believing that we are destined to an to a bitter end which many a christian many a church have experienced they have but i'd like to i'd like to take our hearts beyond uh faithlessness I'd like to take our hearts beyond faithlessness. Will the Lord Jesus find faith? He asks that in the, uh, at the end of an exhortation to prayer. To pray and to seek God. Will the Lord Jesus find faith? Will he find faith in us and in our hearts toward him? You know, there will be conversations that will need to happen. As we continue to work uh, through these present situations. But the success of it all is rooted here. In our ability to, in our uh, faith, in our confidence in God, in our uh, casting ourselves upon him and uh, seeking his face. And, ha- and trusting and believing that this is in fact what God wants to do for us. Uh, I'd like to give you uh, the uh, encouragement to read these verses here in Ephesians 4 frequently. To pray these verses. And while you pray, ask God what is your part in contributing to a successful outcome. Open your heart to God and ask God what is your part in contributing to a successful outcome. Exercise in prayer. I don't think I would have to mention this, but I think I will. Pray for us, your ministry brethren. Without Christ, we can do nothing. We have no strength of our own. We have no ability of our own. Walking you and us as a congregation through situations like this is part of our calling. It's the calling from, it's, it's part of the calling from the Lord and it's 
the, it is a responsibility you all entrusted to us when you cast your vote for us to take leadership role in the congregation. Pray for us. Without the help of the Lord, we can do nothing. And so I, I want to encourage us to exercise in prayer as these scriptures give it, and to exercise with a specific burden that God would, in fact, fulfill these verses in Ephesians among us and continue to fulfill them. Not saying that he hasn't in the past, but as you move through life, new new things come up and you have to uh, work through those new things. And so life is an ongoing journey. And we're thankful for what God did in the past, but we're looking to God for the present. So exercise in prayer. Let's move on. Point number three. I'd like to encourage us to exercise in exercise Philippians 4.8. That's a familiar verse. We could probably many of us could quote it. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, we are all a, we are all thinking people, or we should be thinking people at least if we aren't, but it's natural to us. We are thinking people. We are going to think thoughts and maybe we even hold conversations in our minds. You ever done that (laughs) and you won the argument? (laughs) You know, that's who we are as people. Those things can happen. uh, Philippians 4.8 gives us some very specific instruction about what we are to think upon. And 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Again, uh, our thoughts. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Philippians 4.8 Think upon the things that are true, honest, just, pure, Lovely, of good report. If there be virtue, if there be praise, think on those things. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5, in the, uh, that's the context of charity, uh, and uh, what you see in charity says, it doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not our own, is not easily provoked, and then thinketh no evil. It simply read it to bring out the the end there thinketh no evil. Again, dealing with our thoughts and the call to exercise Philippians 4.8 and to think upon things that are true and honest. In, uh, <clears throat> again, just another verse that highlights our thoughts a little bit or touches on thoughts. Matthew uh, 9, 3, and 4. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, 
Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? So in that case, Jesus, as he is able, was able to know what they were thinking and actually address their thoughts. And he rebuked them for thinking evil in their hearts. So remember, Jesus does, in fact, uh, he does discern our thoughts even now. Uh, He knows what we think. He knows what goes through our minds. So exercise in Philippians 4.8. Thinking upon things that are true and honest. Um, Casting down uh, imaginations. Uh, If you're tempted to imaginations about things and about what was said and who said what and, you know, all those things, cast them down until you're sure that what you're imagining is actually true. Uh, Cast them down. Bring every thought into the obedience of Christ. Exercise in that. The fourth point I'd like to give a little thought to is exercise bridling your tongue. Exercise bridling your tongue. Uh, Psalm 139 verse 4 says this, For there is not a word in my tongue but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Um, again, just shows us the accountability for our words. God knows them. Uh, he sees, he hears, he, uh, he records them. James, I have, uh, I'm uh, going to read James uh, several verses here, and you can turn to it if you wish. James 3.1. I'm actually going to read it in the... Uh, ASV says, but many of you teachers, be not many of you teachers, my brethren, knowing that we shall receive the heavier judgment. For in many things we all stumble. If any stumble not in word, the same is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole, the whole body also. Now, if we put horses' bridles into their mouths that they may obey us, we turn about their whole body also. Behold, the ships also, though they are so great and are driven with rough winds and yet turned by a, about by a very small rudder, whether the impulse of the steerman willeth. So the tongue also is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how much wood is kindled by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The world of iniquity among our members is the tongue which defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the wheel of nature and is set on fire by hell. So James has some pretty sharp things to say to us about our tongue and our words and and he uses illustrations to help us understand that our tongue can actually be uh, a difficult thing to guide, uh, but we are exhorted to uh, do so. You know, uh, like this verse says, Behold, how much wood is kindled by a small fire. You know, some of those uh, drastic uh, forest fires in California last summer, they had some and wiped out quite a lot. And they all started with one little spark somewhere, one little flame, one little something. And you know, that's the illustration he uses for uh, our tongue and the the 
the great fires that can be started, the strifes that can can happen, the uh, the mistrusts that can take place, the uh, the breakdown in, in brotherhood and, and all those kind of things. There's a lot of things can happen just by the power of a tongue, just by a word uh, spoken that uh, lends itself to those kind of things. So I'd like to exhort us in that as well to exercise in bridling our tongues just a few words from Proverbs, Proverbs 12:18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. There we have the focus on a uh, uh, tongue of a wise is health. Uh, Proverbs 15:4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. And here's one for you, ladies. Proverbs 31:26 She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. That's a blessed word. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Exercise in that. In those kind of virtues in your speaking. Uh, exercise bridling your tongue and uh, being careful what you say, or and so forth. The fifth point I'd like to think about just a bit is exercise humility. Um, humility is a modest or low view of one's own importance. Um, very simple term, very simple definition. A modest or low view of one in, one's importance Another scripture speaks of not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Uh, humility is a very important virtue that every Christian should have. Here, I'm going to share about ten different verses that uh, speak about humility. Uh, Philippians 2. I'm in Ephesians. Philippians isn't far away, so I'm just going to turn there. Actually, the uh, the uh, the uh, verses that I have here are not in the King James on my on my uh, screen, so I'm going to use these. Uh, Philippians two three, verse three: Do nothing by rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look on his only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. So again, the exhortation to humility. Uh, Let each of you not... uh, do nothing by rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Uh, James 4, verse 6, But he giveth more grace, therefore he saith, God opposes the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Luke fourteen eleven. 
For everyone that exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. <clears throat> Proverbs, 2, uh, Proverbs 22, 4. The reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Just some verses that speak to humility. First uh, Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that in proper time he may exalt you. Romans 12.3 For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Colossians 3.12 Put on, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Proverbs eleven twelve. When pride cometh, when pride comes, there comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. First Peter five five. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah 9.23 Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, nor the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Again, thinking about humility. Uh, I like to encourage us to exercise in humility. And uh, that takes effort. Sometimes we have to do things on purpose uh, to take a lower road, to uh, humble ourselves, to, uh, yeah, to... To be careful that we don't think more highly of our own opinions or our own perspectives or our own ideas than what we uh, should. And that we have uh, an honor, uh, a humble evaluation of ourselves. So, I want to encourage us in that. Exercise in humility as, we, uh, as you continue uh, in your experience and walk. That's the last point I have in uh, in conclusion. You know, everyone has the opportunity to exercise as much as they wish in these things. It's uh, it's it's uh, open field. Everyone has the opportunity. Um, we can exercise as much as we wish, or we can exercise as little as we wish in these uh, spiritual exercises. Is what they are. Their spiritual exercises. The more we exercise, the more, or may, let me say it this way, the more you exercise, the more you will benefit. The more I exercise in these things, the more I will benefit. And not just uh, you or I, but the more those around you will benefit. You know, we benefit from each other's exercise. Uh, 
So I want to encourage us in that. Be exercised thereby. That's my encouragement to us today. Let's, uh, if we're able, I guess we'll stand again rather than kneel. Let's stand together and we'll close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to the close of this message and again say thank you for your word and its practicality in speaking into our lives. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you for each one present and those who are not present who would have had a desire to be with us. We ask a blessing on them as well. And God bless each one here. And God, continue to put your Holy Spirit in our hearts. As your word says, without you we can do nothing and uh, we do need your spirit. Each of us do. And so, Father, I pray that for each of us. Uh, Put your Holy Spirit in our hearts and strengthen us and give us wisdom and give us grace. Give us humility. Help us to exercise in in our faith toward you. Help us, Father, to exercise in prayer, to exercise in, in uh, bringing our thoughts into the captivity of Christ, to exercise in uh, bridling our tongues, to exercise in walking in humility. Father, grant us those things. And grant us, Father, help us to understand where those things might not be present and uh, might not be a present reality in our experience. Help us there also, Lord. And, Father, continue to keep us in your care. Uh, Be our shepherd. Be our guide. Uh, Even as uh, Ephesians says, uh, that we might all come in the unity of the faith and uh, so forth. So, Lord, we just commit this hour, this time, this message, these, uh, all who have heard and all who will hear, uh, to you, Father, and pray that uh, you, by your Spirit, would continue to uh, work perfection in our experiences, Lord. So, Father, again, thank you. Thank you for the freedom to gather. Thank you for the governments who allow it. Continue to bless those in governments and put in place those who you have chosen. And we pray that we could continue to have freedom uh, to worship and to serve you, Lord. That would be our desire. But committing all these things to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>